Hey guys, and welcome to the Garage Athlete Show. Today I am joined by Rachel. Dan is on his way. He's currently battling his twins. His twins always decide, like a night we're deciding to have a podcast, that they're going to be a bit awkward. Um, but it's just all you parents know out there, like they'll be fine most nights until you have something like booked in at like around the time they normally go to bed and then they'll just be an absolute nightmare. It happens every single time. So I believe we're on episode 42. Um, things have been going, well, we've actually had a decent run of the podcast now. We've had a number of weeks where we haven't had to miss a week, which is uh, it is, is rare for us. So how are you, Rachel? I know um, the... We're a few days away from the gym's opening. You own a gym. I know you've been having some headaches in the kind yes. of like different areas. Um, the government just not playing ball. So I know you've kind of got a lot on your plate at the moment. You don't have to go into too many details if you don't want to. Um, but yeah, how, how are you getting on? I am fine. <laughs> it's, it's just like I said, they're juggling a million things and the, the sort of fitness and health sector has been very much umbrellaed in terms of um, this is what a gym looks like. And I'm like, you you literally have, from a government perspective, literally no idea about what different things look like and what they look like and what they mean to different people. For example, my gym, um, like I've mentioned on podcasts before, um, open with a business partner her vision of what it should be in terms of it does need to be community-based. You do need to be giving back and investing in the people, not just expecting them to turn up because you put a post up saying, hi guys, I'm now offering an um, online program, a program and DM me. Like you've got to give people a reason to buy into you when you've got to show them, you know, the very best and more than they've ever had before. Because a lot of people, as you will know, Don, come to you with, very poor poor experiences and if like trainers like oh it's the same in any profession you you have such a continuum of amazing over delivery on the very other end it's very much a time for money investment and you know yourself like that's not how this works yeah. on some days we are purely counsellors on other days, you are the only person that understands that person. They just need an hour, maybe not even to speak, just to have that space. So obviously for me, reopening, gone through all of that, tried to reopen well, maybe three, four times last year. Um, obviously as a group training facility, um, I don't do just do what I want to do, sort of the movement rehab side, um, but it is like group-based training, personalised training, but in a group-based coaching environment, so people are getting more for their money. Um, and it's it's just a nice atmosphere. Um, so tried to reopen several times last year. We were very unfortunate to mainly be in lockdown tier three, lockdown tier three. Yeah. So that didn't really happen. So now I'm like, okay, what's this? Like take 500 of trying to reopen. Um, yeah. But again, no group trainings permitted. So the gym is a little bit of a state at the moment, just while I try and reorganize things. So it can be used as a private training facility but as um, like a small group membership, so there'd only ever be sort of six people in here training at any time. Yeah. Um, so you are getting sort of the best of both worlds. But yeah. obviously, unless you're getting one-to-one -one coaching, um, you, you're literally turning up and using your own program or what you know. So it's a like chance for people to sort of have somebody. Yeah, so, but it, it's different in a sense that I'm still here for them to yeah. speak to. It's just that I'm not going to be coaching you, but if you've got questions, um, you need a socially distanced spot whatever that looks like nowadays um i'm here just so there is that level those, of support um, clear visors like yeah, you can just be, yeah. Ha full, full hazmat suit yeah. visor yeah and four, yeah, four layers of gloves and I can spot or just you. a stick yeah <laughs> just do that do that yeah that's what coaching great coaching's all about so <laughs> that's sort of where i'm at with things have had delays on um companies kind of promising equipment yeah not necessarily turning up with it as we know um but like we'll always say in the group we will always give new businesses the benefit of the doubt yep. if they do want to run a product by us 
that is obviously in, in their best interest because we want to ensure that sort of anything that runs through us is seamless in terms of the customer experience, but also as a transfer us to feedback because we want them to have a good experience as soon as they launch. And it's quite a, a bit of like a nice buffer in a way um, just to ensure that the product launch into the wider market is, is just a good experience for everyone. So um, I'm, I'm biting my tongue on a few things now, but... Um, We'll see how a few things pan out anyway with that. Yeah. How are you, Rob? Your guys all sorted for going back to the gym or what's going on? I'm launching a new program. It's called the True Alpha program. So that's basically all the knowledge that's in my head of what, 10 years of, sorry, I'm just going to turn the notifications off. 10 years of face-to-face coaching, and then the last 18 months of online coaching. And I've just basically sat down, streamlined the process and made it a lot more structured. So the people that are coming through the system now, it's a lot more right here. You get this over that first 90 days. There's a shed load of education, accountability, community, like I'm all these different areas that I've kind of been building in the background. I just took a month of, right, I'm not taking on anybody new. I'm just yeah. focusing on this. So that launched on Monday. I've uh, had a number of inquiries and number of calls and things like that. I'm probably going to sell out of the early bird spaces on that um, sometime next week, which is amazing because it just means that uh, all that hard work that I've kind of put in has been worth it. On top of that, I should probably have thought about the timing because I've got all these sales calls and about 20 programs to write because obviously the gyms are all opening up on Monday. The guys that can go back to the gym are like dead eager to get their new program. Like I'm eager to start programming again with more than a couple of dumbbells. Um, so well, so yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things, but then, because people have been training with such like a wide variety of kit and I know how much kits in gyms, like I'm like a kid, in, I'm a kid in a candy store. There's like so much. And I'm just having to go in my own head, no, calm it down. Like, keep it simple. Like these guys are in a, they're a set. They, yes, they've been training at home, but they're in a detrained state. So they need yeah. a lower amount of volume. So we're probably doing two working sets on most exercises. They're probably going to be doing, because they can now put a decent amount of weight on the bar. They don't need like 10 to 15 sets on a muscle group. It's probably going to be like six to eight. And then in like three or four weeks, it might go up to eight to 10. And then it like, we need to like slowly bring these kind of guys like back into it. Like we've had what, three, four months now of just really, really focusing on like movement patterns on really, really raining. Well, aren't they? Yeah, the Everybody. setup so well to just go back in and maximize everything exactly. you've been doing. So for a lot of people, they will see it as like it's been wasted time, but it's not. It's like you're you can now safely program and know they can go in, and it's not going to be a case of okay, how did that feel? Send me a video because of what you've done work wise, you've put in. They've got all of that to go with. So if anything, for all they're in a detrained state, the, the sort of more mentally and psychologically trained to know what things should look like how they should feel what an rpe feels like because they're a bit more sensitive to the equipment that's now available to them exactly and and that's what i was saying when well i've started online coaching like the first lockdown like there's plenty of stuff we can do in the background like just because you don't have access to a gym and it's all about being a problem solver and it's all about figuring out okay well what can I do right I can't do heavy back squats like some of the guys in the group have got very very well equipped uh, home gyms that have been able to do that like I've been coaching people that have got like two five kilo dumbbells a resistance band they might have picked up a kettlebell or I just send them to muscle squad and we're like right spend all your savings buy home gym um <laughs> but yeah they're literally they're going back into an environment now where they've got a rack of dumbbells that go from like two up to 50 kilos they've got a cable stack they don't have to use resistance bands. They can actually do cables so they can again be progressive in terms of the overload. They can get on a leg press and actually know where that active range of motion is because they've been squatting for the past however many months. So they know that, right, if I'm in a leg press and my, it come, my knees are coming all the way to my chest and my hips 
like a butt wink, okay, that's further than my active range of motion. So it's it's one of those things like I don't know about for you, for your like online clients and stuff, half the battle has just been it's been motivating, it's been counseling, it's been right, I know it's shit, but it's temporary. Like and yeah. all the stuff you're doing now is building those strong foundations. So that when the gyms do open again, you're going to hit the ground running. Everybody else is going to have to do what you've just done for the past three months to rebuild those foundations because they've been sat playing Xbox for three months. I'm just going to turn the lights on. Yeah. That, that is really the difference, though. And it's, I know even from us, we talk about sort of that wavering motivation and injuries coming in and like um, myself, like, just the amount of stress it does have that wider impact on things. Um, and I've really been focused on the past few weeks, just even if I'm not training every, th- every day, just doing something um, and just kind of working on and eking out as much as I can out of the movements or ranges I've got and just kind of looking at, okay, if I do this, how is this going to help me in the long run? And thinking more long-term instead of short-term, which I do think we very much took for granted when gyms, you know, when before pandemic, because yeah. nobody could have predicted what's going on in the past year and the repeated process of that would keep happening where everybody sort of, if you haven't continued to do anything, you literally start from scratch. And I don't know about yourself, but it's getting sort of out of your own head and thinking, right, I am, I'm not a beginner for all kind of, I haven't got um, the pump that I've normally got because I've got limited access to case or um, like a lot of people will still focus on the dom side of things, which obviously we do a lot of coaching around that doesn't necessarily indicate the sign of a good session. It, it'll indicate a new stimulus perhaps or an overload of volume, but it's not necessarily what you should go chasing. And this is something I battled in my first few years of coaching with females a lot because Females, as you know, recover really quickly um, and they mentally think, well, yeah, I'm feeling okay. I'll go back in my set and I'm like, use that timer on your phone. Use that timer you've got there to make sure you are ready. So it's kind of just like you said, you've sort of had the past year and you've been able to refine sort of everything you've done with your clients. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've sort of shifted myself away just to focus training wise on the gym primarily and then with my online coaching it's mainly been focused on the pelvic health side of things, which has been really good because it's allowed me to dive into another interest area to keep me very much motivated in the direction of my overall business. Um, as sort of more than just a training facility because that was never why I wanted all my own gym. It's maximizing what I know and how many people I can help in various different capacities. And obviously having been forced into online, like everybody has, I know it's been death by Zoom, but if we just kind of take a step back and realize what all of us, even from client perspective, what we've managed to access and get out of the past year versus if we'd never had to go through this, would you know as much? Would you have done as much sort of self-reflection? Would you have addressed certain lifestyle factors? Like I've got clients who um, would come down group training sessions we had going on here. We've gone through nutritional support, but their life is so hectic and so busy that they kind of convince themselves that they don't have time. And I'm like, okay, this isn't the right time for you then. Um, these are some little targets to hit. So go hydration and protein. Let, yeah. that, that's enough. But what they found, especially with this longer lockdown, is that they have had the time and they've either recomped or lost some um, sort of un, unproductive body fat in terms of it wasn't helping them with their strength or um, speed or movement purely because they've had that extra time and thought, I am going to do something with it. So even though previous amounts of time for them might have felt as though it was like a waste, it hasn't because it's allowed them to get to a point where they're kind of sick of their own shit. And they're like, yeah, I, I'm going to do something about this now. I've had all these tools here, but really I couldn't be bothered. But now I've thought about it. Yeah, there'll never be a right time. And that's the case with everything, isn't it? That there's never a good time. There's always an excuse. But yeah. it's known enough about yourself to call your, yourself out when you're on bullshit. That's, that's the only thing that's ever going to get you anywhere unless you've got a partner that hammers that down your throat. But that, that would lead to quite a few arguments anyway. So Yeah. I think anybody who's coming out of 2021 thinking in the same way they went into 2020, like, I, I don't understand how it's possible. Like, yeah. it, it, it isn't. Like, the whole world has shifted it was like 
I was speaking to a guy on a consultation earlier and he was saying about how his wife, like, is uh, probably an hour and a half out of her day spent commuting. But actually, even when things go back to normal, her office have already said, oh, you can work from home two days a week. Like, it was a shift that was happening in businesses anyway. But it's a shift that might have taken 10 to 15 years to actually happen because things like that tend to happen slowly. But COVID has made it happen in 18 months to a point where people have a much better understanding of like a work-life balance now and businesses understand that because they've been forced to actually you don't need somebody you don't need to micromanage people you give them a task you give them like results that you want and a time frame and they get it done like because yeah, what they do is the small autonomy. objectives that we set isn't it well it's autonomy they get to take ownership of it so if you've yeah. got to look after the kids at this point because it's like 10 o'clock and they're not at school but you can actually get some work done between like 7 and 8 p.m while they're in the bath or whatever it is like you can work your life around it as long as you kind of get the work done and that's one of the like the most basic things we crave as humans is autonomy like we want to make our own decisions like I don't know about you you can either tell me what to do or you can tell me how to do it you can't do both yeah. or else I just completely switch off because it's just yeah. like I think I think with that it's still it goes back to kind of being able to sort of manage yourself and set your own boundaries um, and know where your weaknesses are like if you are someone who as soon as you sit down on the sofa that's game over it's like manage your environment mm. to allow you to manage your autonomy because you can't take advantage of something if something else is going to give. It's like always acting in your own best interest because at the end of the day, you still need to get paid and you've mm-hmm. got to do this work. But if it's it's if that's given to you as sort of like a new sort of gift, really, like here's your working day, as long as it's done, crack on. Like at the start, it's like, you know, when you're a kid and you're given like free reign to like whatever in the shop and you're like, well, everything, and it'll make it ill. Then it's like the next time you'd like to think you've learned from your mistakes. So I know quite a few people have done that and then have been sort of um, just in conversation, being at work until like midnight, however many days. And then they're like, yeah, this isn't work and I'm going to have to sort it out. Some people have actually chosen to go back in the office because if um, that doesn't work for them, they do very much need to have an environment that's set up. But it, yeah. you've got to realise that, that about yourself. And I think the past year is like forced people into potentially recognizing their weaknesses or their downfalls and where they are willing and wanting to um, make changes or manage it or for them to go you know what it's just easier if I do that because I want to have more focus on these other things which is cool because we're all so individual and everyone's got things that make them tick things that they want to do um like I I hate when I was teaching the one thing I hated was the fact that I had to be here at this certain time I had to do this at a certain time whatever but coming away from teaching I realized that shit I, I need this in place I have to set my own timetable otherwise I'm one of those people who does I'm busy but I'm really busy not achieving a lot and I'm like yeah. okay sit down but I've got to manage my time really well because if I sit for any longer than an hour phone comes out this goes off and I'm like yeah. sort yourself out Rachel like what are you achieving here <laughs> like a, a lot of nothing yeah, I think that's that's the same for everyone. Everyone's busy, aren't they? But it's just actually sitting down and going, right, well, what are the big things that are going to move the needle? What do we need to get done? Right, let's plan those in first. They're the most important ones. Then the slightly um, less important tasks, those can go in, and then the fun tasks go in kind of last. Yeah, um, the same as your coaching or like... Yeah. Like I always go back like fat loss coaching. It's getting those big boxes ticked consistently. And then you've kind of got your cherry on the top, but you've, you've got to hit the basics day in, day out. Otherwise, things just aren't going to move in the direction that as much as you hope they will mm. and you think they will, you, you still have to do it. Like you might have a million good ideas, but unless you action them, they're only ever going to be on that bit of paper in front of you as like the dream or whatever. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen in terms of the equipment market? So 
we see a lot of discussions on this kind of like across the group where some people are in one camp where they think, right, the market's suddenly going to be flooded with secondhand equipment because everybody's going to be returning back to the gym. And then there's the other side that are just like, uh, probably not um, because demand, the, sorry, supply is still really, really restricted because we've got Brexit, we've got um, all the cargo containers and the price of iron has shot through the roof. Yes. Yeah. So, like where which camp kind of do you see and what's your thoughts in terms of like kit are we going to see a flood of secondhand kit like hit the market and drive prices down or do you think we're going to stay up for a little while i think we'll see a mix because um obviously with the restock grants and that have come out for gyms and like smaller even larger commercial ones people are having a chance to go okay, well, we're now back, we've got the membership coming in, we've got our one-to-one clients that's permitted now, and everyone's rushing back to the gym. This is the dream. So in that respect, and I've already started to see people are just like moving all their sets on. They might get like full sets of dumbbells and not asking stupid prices because all they're doing is looking to put some money towards the newer kit that they've got. And they've got the grant there as kind of their buffer if they're fortunate not to have had to pay down all on like rent on a closed building. Um, but then we've, we've got the, the, the profiteering bastards, as I'll still refer to them, um, who have, you know, they've, they've dug their heels in from the ground. Like I've seen a set of, um, like full bumper set today, and this guy was like, I've paid, he got them some, I'm not sure, they're not in stock, I can't remember what brand they are. Full set, 150 kilo. Um, he paid 560 quid. He's selling them on second hand, 550. And I'm like, what? You, you want £10 less and you want someone to come and collect them and the £10 less and you've used them. And it's so many questions in that thread and it's just like, bite your tongue, not going to happen. Why so would I you think put we'll up see, what like, you paid? Like, if you're only asking for £10 less, why would you put up what you've paid for them? Yeah. Just like, I want 550 quid for them. Yeah, okay. he's, like that out, he's like that out of stock. Yeah, but you've used them. You've told everybody the price and see what brand they are. I think they might have been, I don't know if they were like old primal or strength shop because of the coloured sets. Right, okay. Um, so they were like, they're not in stock at the moment. I, I think it must have been strength shop, but um, yeah, I'm just like, wow, okay. But <laughs> again, it's, it's just get like... Stuck what, with them. They'll get stuck with them until they, start, until they get sick of waiting. And then they'll have to bring the prices down. So I think, I think the gouging is will probably slow down a little bit. Like I think people are probably going to get with the gyms opening up. They're probably not going to be looking to make a quick put, like the Aldi racks and stuff like that. Like yeah. you're not going to get as many people that are just trying to make a quick book by they've seen that right. What happens? It's, it's the exact same thing that like happened with toilet paper at the beginning of the pandemic. At the beginning of the pandemic, like one store sold out of toilet paper, and then everyone was taking photos of it. Oh my god, I can't believe! Which then everyone saw that people were hoarding toilet paper and went, "Oh crap, there's going to be no toilet paper for me." So they then went and bought it, and it was like, right, you people sharing these pictures of there being no toilet paper are the reason why there is a shortage. Stop being dicks. Um, I'd, I'd love to, I just keep imagining them like sat in their front room now, still just like fully surrounded <laughs> by all this toilet roll. And I'm like, yeah, you got with the bags of rice behind the sofa and all this. <laughs> and the and bags like, yeah. of pasta that they <laughs> take aways every week anyway. So exactly. they're not, I, oh, what, and like at the beginning when like all the meat and stuff would sell out. And it's just like, was, yeah, crazy could, going to Asda and there's like a bit of black pudding left. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like how is this a thing and, and where's everyone got all these massive fridge freezers from oh, no, because loads of it got chucked out there was a big yeah. thing about two weeks after it where there was like all this food was just left out by like black bins like one council was going around and finding people for it because of them like hoarding it but they were leaving like binfuls of food that had just gone to waste because they, they couldn't store it and they didn't have these big chest freezers to be able to store everything I just think, like, what, like, do people realise what country we live in and what access do we, we have to things to, like, how was that even an idea? It, it, yeah, I'm just like, people, 
yeah. people. But then you, you kind of you think, right, well, that's not going to happen again. And then we went into another lockdown. The same sort of thing happened. And you're like, have we not as a country learned anything? And then obviously all the Aldi racks came out and then all our business went off. And then other places like... We have uh, to ban getting- the word Aldi from the group because people were talking about it so much like that's how like we had to put post or is it post um approval for any post that said the word aldi because we were just sick and people like yes we understand it people are um price gouging um same thing's happening with the ps5s like i cannot get hold of one my stepson wanted one for christmas like we tried to get him one for christmas it's now april so what four months later Like, and it's his birthday. We still can't get hold of one for a normal price. But then when all sort of the um, like companies start to bring out new kit, obviously everything was sort of backdated and on pre-order. And I know so many people who had, you can see it, who put in so many pre-orders, they were then delayed. And then it's now like, they're just getting them in. And I'm like, who, who's buying all of this? You've got like, what, 10 sets of um, like 25 plates. Like, who's going to buy these off you? Like, it wasn't a wise investment, was it? Yeah, it's one of those where, again, they'll end up loot like the people that jumped in late that didn't really know what they were doing. So, like companies like Muscle Squad and Primal and stuff like that, they had the contacts, they had these things so that it's not right. I've bought all these things, I'm yeah. going to wait six months for it to get here. They've got enough cash flow that they can have one container dropping every month so that there is new cash kind of coming yeah. through. These people that have jumped on it and gone, right, I'm just going to order some stuff from a factory in China. It takes six months to get here. And by the time it's got here, lockdown's finished. So now I've yeah. got a garage full of weight plates that I can't sell. Um, but you see, they're the companies that, like, obviously we go through and they've got that constant good reputation, the constant good customer service. And, you know, they're going to stand the test of time because we'll always like as admin and mods will always recommend ones that everyone's having good experiences with because you know like we want people to get good deals and we don't want kind of anyone to be profiteering off the back of things because it's it's like well hang on a minute just be a decent human if anything across the past year like just just do the right thing no one's having a particularly great time some worse off than others and don't be that person well, there's something exciting in the pipeline coming through from Jay. So obviously we've got certain companies that a lot of us have either worked with, they've either sent us kit or to review or we bought from them or like, so we're looking at doing, um, it'll essentially be almost like the witch of um, gym equipment companies. So if, it'll be like home gym trusted. So if we know that they're a good quality brand, that they look after their customers, they've got good customer service, they will basically get a like home gym. Like a stamp of approval sort of thing. Stamp of approval to say. And also I think the more people we get on that and if people send us stuff and it's rubbish, I think a few of the, I don't think we've had anything that's been terrible sent to us yet. And I think, I think as admins, we're a little bit scared to give something a bad review. I'm, I'm not. If something's terrible, I will. I and there's, there's something that's kind of coming at the moment that um, Jay's getting a prototype of, and I'm just like, what the hell is this? Right? I, Jay, send that to me. Let me review it. I'm going to tear it apart because <laughs> it looks awful. Like I won't say what it is, just because. You never know. It might actually be half decent, but like I've just looked at it and gone, out of all the things you could have thought to like bring to the UK market, like this was not one of them. Right. With them, with in terms of like the kit and stuff, um, obviously we've got our sales page, and that's like grown even more than like the home gym group anyway, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, but obviously the, the good thing about that is obviously people, you know, were dotted around the whole of the UK, people are like reposting stuff that's in their um like local Facebook group. And I know guys who've even gone out of their way to go and get it and then ship it up because the person that they're wanting to get it from it isn't going to ship it. So in terms of 
I, it's like it's more supportive than anything because it's allowing people access to things that they wouldn't be able to do any um, get hold of because, um, for example, they're sold out or they're still sort of on back order or pre-order as well. So that's, I know that that's been working like really well. Um, I'm more sort of thinking about like specialty bars that have just been a bit of a nightmare to get hold of. Yeah, can understand that. Um, so what specialty bars are you looking for if any of the listeners want to help you outreach? I'm looking for someone to go and rob Elliot and just take <laughs> pretty much anything he's got in his uh, in his gym. So that would be great. No, but he has got quality stuff to be honest. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I do want to get hold of um, a Duffalo bar at some point, if not a half decent bow bar. Um, again, it's that's What's just a bow bar. Sorry, let me. Bow, sorry. Be, be oh, a bow bar. Okay, sorry, yeah, that's your exactly, accent. Isn't it? <laughs> So like a four bar. What is this trickery? I've never heard oh. of this. Let me Google oh. that. <laughs> B O W. And that's, so is that's that a one that's like uh, yeah. 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 That I just find that so useful for myself with my shoulder um labrum tears and then just clients in terms of um just how how more natural it feels in terms of the bar position on shoulders, you know, that's having this sort of like do that any little bit further, lower. Yeah, you're not having to sort of troubleshoot and go through any, like, more work on thoracic um, mobility and stuff like that. Oh, hi. You say hello? My Josh has just put her in here. She's probably been annoying him. Oh, I've had my brothers too all day today. And, I mean, I love them, but they're a nightmare. <laughs> Absolute nightmare. You're yeah, so with attention. the bars, that just in terms of not having to sort of spend as much time on, um, like, thoracic mobility or um yeah. work on shoulders just to allow them to squat they are people who are confident and capable of using um a bar to squat with but there's just so, there's only so much in addressing a session so if you've got the tools and equipment available for people to come in and maximize that training slot then you know it just it solves a lot of problems not to say that they don't need to work on them but it's it's just it makes things a little bit more manageable in terms of um efficiency of time really yeah definitely so before i joined this group i didn't even know that there was like different kinds of bars really like i saw them in the corner i was just like ah, oh, they look nice i don't really well, are you just curling yeah yeah pretty much just then he's uh, <laughs> bar for the curls yeah, curls for the girls um but yeah like since joining this group i think i'd seen a safety squat bar and i was like i've tried one of those at like this bodybuilding powerlifting gym that I've gone to. I was like, oh, quite like that. Like, it feels quite nice for that not to be loaded behind me for once. But yeah, I've learned so much about like different kinds of bars. Went out and bought a Swiss bar, um, which is probably one of my favorite bars to use now. Because even though I don't get issues in my shoulders when I press, like I'd rather use a Swiss bar and never get issues in my shoulders when I press. It's just like smart training, isn't it? To allow you yeah. to pr progress through your programming without sort of potentially like having to change things around. Um, especially if you're doing like the more bodybuilding style of training. Like I know that you have tendencies to have like more um, kind of upper, lower or split or full body sessions where you might be like doing a lot more hypertrophy base work. So you're going to be loading um, the joints a lot more. So as opposed to like powerlifter, do you know what I mean? It's, it's just having tools that are going to make you um, like less susceptible to those niggles or injuries that could cause setbacks. And if you're halfway through like contest prep, that's the last thing you want to have to change what you're doing because mentally being able to cope with that is like... You know, that, that's a huge thing in itself. Well, I remember being six, eight weeks out um, and I had bench in my programme. And up until that point, I began stronger and stronger and stronger. And I was just determined to hit 100 kilos for a set of eight. So I was like, that's the most I'd ever done. I hit it. And then, like, the next day, my camera was my right or my left shoulder, but it was just gone. Like I was, that was so I was like that was stupid. Um, I'm like eight weeks out now and I can't do any barbell work. Like yeah. so now, yeah, basically all my I don't flat bench press anymore. I only do incline anyway. Any flat work is done with dumbbells just because I find it 
easier. And then even on the inclines now, I tend to use the Swiss bar just because it's easier on the, um, the angle of the handles to kind of be able yeah. to um, move well, in a better range of motion. It is. It's just like about you, you, what your joint and load tolerance is. And you've just got to be smart in terms of keeping in your program and what you enjoy doing it, but using the tools that are going to allow you to consistently be able to overload and progress what you're doing. Because um, like, this was like when I first got into training and bodybuilding, it was a case of this is your program, this is what you do. And it's not really about increasing um, the weight and the volume. Like there's no progressive overload other than like, this is your rep range, this is what you're doing and you get through your sessions. And then obviously as I got smarter, I learned a lot more and I'm just like, wow okay well the only reason these guys were getting any better was because of the amount of gear they were pumping into them <laughs> and I'm like I need to be able to progress this so yeah. that it just makes sense doesn't it and it's 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 again all goes back to like your experience speaking with people and your willingness to admit that you didn't know things then but you have progressed with your knowledge and that you will look to being wrong like I really like being challenged because I like to know somebody else's approach somebody else's experience and their reasons and as long as somebody's got a very valid reason um you know it's it, it, it again it's valid and even if it's just from personal experience there's still a level of validation there in terms of that why they've chosen to do it and like the results that they've seen because of it because there's never like I always go through this with like my um, pelvic health and my pelvic floor coach and I think it's like there's so much stigma kind of veering off track here with um, sort of females with um, diastasis or um, prolapse and like kind of even from a um, pelvic health physio point of view, like people are quite afraid because they're like, don't want to make things worse. And I'm like, we don't live in bubbles. You've got a mum who's got like a mom, got a, a baby crawling around the place. Like, you know, there might be a dog trying to attack them. There might be a fire. Babies love to pick stuff up, shove them in their mouths, sit on things, all sorts. They're not going to think, right, have I engaged my core? Have I done a lunge in this position? Have I exhaled on the pickup? Like, they don't. They react. So you've got to train people in the same way as, like, when you're rehabbing somebody, you've got to look at the ranges that they're most susceptible to um, becoming re-injured or causing problems. And you have to address those ranges. You can't avoid them because all you're doing then is neurologically program the body to constantly be worried or scared, which is then going to increase anxiety, which is going to impact on their breathing, how they hold their bodies. And they're more likely to get injured through trying to avoid injury. Oh, yeah. 100%. So it, like, it's... It's, it's just that side of things. It's like, if, you, if you've got a really good example of why you shouldn't do something, I'd love to hear it. If you've got an example of why you should, I'd love to hear it. But I would still challenge someone on it in the way I'd expect someone to challenge me because you can only get better by finding out more and trying things out yourself. Yeah, completely agree with that. Um... I think, totally took us off track there, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I think actually being able to train at home and not be, and because I'm on my own, one, I don't have a training partner, so I'm probably not going quite as heavy as when I did have a training partner, just because if I fail with a 40 kilo dumbbell above my face and it lands on my face, that's going to be quite painful. Um, whereas if you've got a training partner that can help push you through that last rep, then that's a little bit safer. Um, I think, think I've just over this last year I've got a better understanding of like myself my body like when I can push when I need a bit more of a deload week like and that's one thing that a coach can now kind of can never know and if your coach is never like asking you like how are you feeling what's your stress level like how's your soreness um have you got any niggles that are like happening at the moment just every now and again if you're like check-ins whatever it is then they don't really care because we can't feel that as coaches like we can't feel that biofeedback like it's one of the reasons why I get my guys to track their workouts and just put little arrows in it so are the weights progressively overloading in which case I'm going to see lots of up arrows are they staying the same or are they going down and if I can see lots of down arrows that then makes me go ah okay something's not quite right here right let me ask some questions right have you picked up any niggles what's your stress level like what's your sleep like 
they might need a deload week. They might have just had a really shitty week because the kids have been keeping them up all night. You yeah. kind of never know, but asking cool. questions will help. Um, yeah. It is just going with that. And like for all, you, you'd love to be able to go, right, this is what the program's going to look like and we're going to run it for eight weeks. You might need, you might have a client who, five weeks in they need a day load week they've got so much else going on in their life or really they might have overloaded consistently for five weeks and their body's just like whoa hold on lads like we need a breather then they're ready to go again and because we're so intra-individual we respond to stress very differently it might even be from like a nutritional or hydration perspective um it can even be sort of from sort of stress that they weren't even aware of and like we'll go back to sort of the counseling side of things it's like asking questions that they would never ask themselves and you just help them connect the dots that's what we're there for and it's like they've already got the answers but they don't know how to kind of find that answer and then you're like right well that makes sense so this is what we're going to do and it is that problem solving approach which isn't sort of um dictating it's sort of working with advising and troubleshooting alongside kind of like a coaching toolkit like for all you'd love to be able to tell somebody what to eat, what to do, this, that, and the other. Like we're not robots. Yeah. So we're only as responsive as we can be in the state, the physiological state we are in there and then. And it's like a huge thing that I'll go through when I'm coaching females. I'm like, right, your week one is comparable to your week one. Your week two is comparable to your week two. Like we take data measurements um, just across the board. I can even be from... This might, you know, guys might not have even heard of all this, but if I get someone to sort of um, look at their menstrual cycle, it might even be tracking things um, such as what their vaginal discharge is like, because for all that might sound like, well, really, you do that? It's like, yeah, because some women don't actually know when they ovulate. They might not want to take the temperature. It might be too much, but this can be a good indicator. And it's there, and then you don't have to do anything other than look. Do you know what I mean? It's just like another feedback mark or feedback tool that we've got that we can use to our advantage um, that gives clues, especially across the past year. Like I, I think I put something on stories yesterday where I was like, tell me you've been stressed by the pandemic without telling me. And I was like, my last menstrual cycle was 17 days long in terms of the bleed. Like, there you go. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just crazy stuff like that. So it's, it's the level of awareness, but also what you want to do with it. Like I'll always say like, I'll educate and help people, but it's up to them to make a choice if they want to use the information they yeah. now know and want to apply. If they don't, cool. We will do as much as what people want from us. But, like, I love to help people understand more. And um, obviously some coaches are right for some people and some clients are right for some coaches. And I do think the more people you work with, the more people find the right person. And, like, I will never think twice about kind of referring someone just another um, coach I know because I think they're best suited or I just think personality wise they are best suited like this person might not want to know might not want to be educated might want to be told and as a coach that's not me so I'm not going to get the best out of them and I'm going to feel quite frustrated because I want to help them more than what they feel they need. I think it's part of becoming a mature coach is to know. You call me old? No, I'm saying mature is in like, uh, what's, I'm trying to think of the right word. Experience, there you go. Um, an experienced coach that is comfortable enough within themselves to go, you know what? I'm not the right coach for you. I don't like, um, I don't think we're going to click. And when you're at that point, it's actually quite refreshing when you can go, you know what? Actually, here's your money back. Like, I'd rather not, sometimes it's I'd rather not have the headache, but other times it's I genuinely know that, like, this is just going to be a frustrating process. However, here's another coach that I think you'll work really, really well with. And if you is ever... Is that someone that you hate that you just pass them off to? Um, I, I have <laughs> done that before. Um, I have given clients that I think, right, this person's going to be an absolute nightmare. But it's because, like, of my personality type. Like, I'm one of these people where I'm not afraid to call people on their bullshit. And, like, people 
that need to be a little bit more softly, softly. I, I can be a bit softly, softly. I can be diplomatic with it, but I'm also going to call a spade a spade. If yeah, people, people don't like that. I think we've talked yeah. about it before, haven't we? Like yeah. people like to hear what they want to hear. Oh, 100%. That's great. Like I, I think I was on this conversation with my dad the other night about things. Um, and it's he was like, maybe. He was like, yeah, maybe when you reopen, you could look to do some female-only sessions. And I was like, no, because I'm not helping solve a problem. The problem is that we need more integrated spaces. Males and females train alongside each other, developing community. We live in a mixed society. We live in a mixed world, and there's space for everybody in it. And it's my job to make sure everybody in that space feels valued and supported. So by me creating a female-only I'm not giving my best self to the people who are coming through the door. And there are other places, there are other cultures. And, you know, sometimes that might not look as though it's in my best professional business related interest, but for sort of me as a person and sort of what I want for myself and what I want for everyone here, I have to kind of stay true to that. Otherwise, like my own motivation and what I want to achieve kind of dwindles and I feel like I lose my way a little bit. But again, it comes down to maturity and wrinkles and age um, of just kind of sticking to your guns because you you know what you can offer people and you know that the people who need it will find you. Yeah. And that's just it. Like, at the end of the day, we're not magicians. Like, we, the information that we give as coaches is not exclusive to us. If you go on Google and type in how to lose fat, like I can guarantee there's going to be a hundred articles out there with a hundred different ways that all probably work. Like information is free. Like I put out on my stories the other day, right? If I put out a recipe a week, um, would you join my mailing list? And I had like six people that said yes. And one guy messaged me back went, yes, but why are you giving this away for free? And I was like, because information's free. Like you can go on Google and just type in high protein recipes and find a thousand of them. So like, I'm not a chef. That's not what I'm trying to sell. That is a tool that I use to help my clients implement eating, eating like an adult. It's giving like, them a flavor of what you have to offer without them having to spend any money. And then by doing that, by proxy, the right people find the right people. But they've already come to you with a sense of um, understanding about what you pride yourself on as your values and yeah. what they are likely to expect when they do pay because they're getting so much for free um, anyway. And they know that they can shoot you with a message. Like, we, you know, like we we do as coaches respond to so many messages every day and like kind of we're on call a lot. Like it's a very taxing job to be on top of everything. Um, which then comes back sort of the time management side of things. But, you know, it's people by people. And yeah. he hasn't come to you because of that recipe. He's come to you because you're helping support and guide. And for, that's for free. But you are kind of in, in what you do and sort of how you are as a business owner and a coach, you are replicating what that person wants. And, you know, not that they're idolizing you, but you are kind of guiding them in the right direction. And people do value that a lot. Yeah. Um, there will be people who don't and they'll skip around getting free this free that free the, the other but their level of application is never going to be there they'll never get the results did you see the the post I put out on Instagram where it was like when you pay for a personal trainer and it's like <laughs> Wonder Woman just like proper dolled up and then when you ask for tips and stuff for free and it's some guy in drag yeah. <laughs> I've posted that before and that got an amazing response okay. as you said it's so true like the, the free stuff like the information's out there it's the application. It's somebody saying to you, right, this is A, this is B, this is C, and this is how you put them in this order. Now go away and do it, and I'm going to hold you accountable. Like, that's that's what people yeah. And that's what it's somebody who is good at lining those dots up for you, getting you to understand why we do things in this order, and then help you to kind of apply it. That's what coaching is. Like, it's not necessarily the information. There's books, there's free stuff out there there's a mountain of information there's more information I think I can't remember what year it was in but in like I think it was 20 like 18 or 2019 there was more information generated in that one year than there had been in the like the entire time before that one year that's how quickly kind of things are growing um right shall we cover a couple of these questions because a few of them have come yeah. in 
while we've been on. So, Tony Kayser, is it possible to get into contest shape for men's physique class with basic home gym, rack, bar, plates, and dumbbells, or would you need a commercial gym set up? Um, I can take the lead on this one if you want. Obviously, I'm, I'm coaching cool. physique. So, <laughs> the short answer is yes, you can, but it depends on how much you want to invest. So, if you can get a decent rack, a cable system, some sort of adjustable dumbbells. So you've put, you've got a rack, bar, plates, and dumbbells. You can build a decent physique with that. Will you win competitions with it? I don't know because I can't see where you are and whether you are trying to like maintain or you're trying to build. The thing with bodybuilding and thing with men's physique is you need to hit the muscles from slightly different angles. Uh, different rep ranges and different uh, like levels of tension. So you can do a lot of the basics. So making sure you hit different rep ranges between say like six and 30, having an adjustable bench so that you can do kind of like different angles and making sure you're kind of hitting all the muscle groups like on a half decent frequency, like twice a week tends to be about right. If you don't have that much space, um, or if you can't really afford to get like a decent cable system, you're going to really, really struggle for things like back, like pulling, like with just a rack and bars, like is hard. Like I'd say back is probably the hardest muscle group to train completely at home, just because you need some pretty specialized kit for it. Um, but like, I train completely at home. Like I compete as a natural men's physique, not a natural men's physique. I compete as a natural bodybuilder. Jay, who um, is kind of like original starter of this group, we're prepping him for a men's physique competition. He trains exclusively from home. Like it can be done. You're probably going to have to invest a little bit more than the average person who's just trying to like stay fit and healthy. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Um, just kind of going through what you did then, it would all, all depend on like what your starting point is and like where, like where you are right now and what you've done in the past, whether you've done things in the past consistently, whether you are someone who's trained for years, but how, what is the level of intensity to which you trained? Have you had a coach in the past? Like, do you know that what you're doing training-wise from a movement perspective, from a joint loading perspective, from... Um, just kind of look, looking at what your physique itself needs and how you respond to training all the time in terms of what progress you've seen in the past. Like, where are you at? Um, also, kind of along with what you said, it might be possible to do a lot of it at home, but you might need even just like a cheap commercial gym membership for some of your sessions because you, you don't have the money or the space for that cable stack. Um, which obviously we, that's one of the, like the biggest things in the group we always get questions about, isn't it? Because, you know, these take up a considerable amount of space in what we're looking at sort of people's garages. I mean, some people have got like phenomenal spaces, which, you know, we're not jealous of at all, but um, it is just from that. And then it's looking at what do you struggle with? Like in terms of like hamstrings, like if you need a lot of hamstring development, Oh yeah, men's physique. <laughs> don't even need legs. <laughs> don't bother. Don't even walk. Just sit. Um, get the longest pair of shorts you can. Just get some jeans. Cut them off. You go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some car phrases. Yeah, it's just from it's yeah. If you if you want, if not, just stick. Get. You, did you see on things you got like stick on calf things? No, for, like chicken fillets for your boobs, but for like your calf Brilliant. muscles. Brilliant. Just get some of them and put a bit of makeup around, like yeah. blend it in. Yeah, it's just from that, it's like, you. it's like, how much, it's always come back, like, how much do you want it? But not in that sense. It's like, how much are you willing to invest from the kit perspective? Mm. What space do you have? What time do you have? Um, how long have you been training for? How consistently have you been training for? What does your physique need to actually get it there? Because, yeah, you might be like, right, I'll invest in this and I'm going to do it in the next year. Like, if get a coach's eye on you, like even just a consultation or something to get an indication of what do you need to be doing right now? Because you might be wasting your money getting kit for home when all you need to do is go away and use a commercial gym, but a decent one and train your balls off 
for a year like you, you've got to start building but you like we don't know that we're going off kind of a, a question that's put in the group um so yes no it depends i'm covering all bases with that one <laughs> pretty much i'm trying to pull up tony's like profile now but his um pictures all pixelated won't let me get onto his actual profile i think it must be private. that might be why he's done it yeah he but right, 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 Tony, like if you want to compete language. in men's physique, you're going to need to put some size on, mate. Um, CrossFit. So, yeah, you'll need to... Did you just say CrossFit? What? Yeah, I just said he's a, he was a member of a CrossFit gym uh, later okay. down. That's back in 2012, though, so that's a number of years ago. Um, yeah, if you want to compete in men's physique, you're going to need to put some size on your shoulders and your lats and get seriously shredded. Um, so yeah for as much as we talked about like the kit side of stuff like what what does your nutrition look like assess what what your starting point is now and look at the people who are competing in the feds and classes that you would look to mm. and sort of have a word with yourself like what do you realistically need to do what what do you need to do in terms of time scales where do you need to best invest your money? You might be better off putting money into a coach, but a commercial gym right now, and then later in the line, turn that around and get some kit for home. Like it's it's time and money investment and like where it's best placed. Yeah. So Con Reed has added onto that same question, but then for powerlifting slash strongman. Um, I'll let you cover the strongman because you know a lot more about that and then well I'll let you cover powerlifting and strongman and then I'll oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. um, I think if you if you look in the group Elliot's a really good example of this um just for what he's got at home um how he trains the physique he's got as well um just from a male perspective um it's having quality bars having the space to have it in, the things that you've got, you want to have a decent um, cage, power cage in there because obviously it, all your training is going to be at home. Um, depends what so what level you're competing at, um, the equipment that you can kind of store in your home. Like with Strongman, it, you don't have to, obviously you, you can't just primarily train as a Strongman every day, otherwise you'd be absolutely fucked for want of a better word. Like it will like powerlifting and strongman do complement themselves very well, just in terms of the all like heavy strength based sports. But you also need to factor in to that, um, like the recovery side and what your CV fitness is, because when we go into even that will benefit the powerlifting from your recovery perspective. But we look at the strongman, like we've got moving events in there. And like, I think we had there was a photo in the group the other day of like this guy walking a York down the street. Like for anybody who's not seen New York before, like what what the hell is he doing? But it, again, it's just looking at that. It, it might not be the space that you physically got there. Do you have the land around you? Is there anywhere that you can um, take your York apart, whack it in car, take it outside? Like you might not be able to train everything in your garage, but if you've got outside land or space, you can train it in. Cool. But like I say, Elliot's a really good example. I know he's got, is it one of the stones of steel he's got in yeah, his garage? he's imported that from America, I do believe. Yeah, like he's got some quality stuff. He's got a duffalo bar, um, like some amazing kit, but that Just comes that at a hefty, as well. Yeah, like we're looking at a good amount of money. That's the reason I want someone to go and rob him, because I'm quite <laughs> like um, but like, it's got his logo stones, on like, it though. It wouldn't really look right in your <laughs> sign in your gym. With, I've, um... I've got a, I've got a hammer right here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just looking at like that's going to set you back a lot more, especially when we go back to what we talked about with the um, kit side of things. Like, we we've haven't seen any powerlifting bars, like any decent kit coming up on in the sales for probably since the first lockdown. Um, even like gyms, like I said, that are getting the grants through and stuff like that, the, the bars that people spend money on, like they've spent hundreds on, like these aren't things that are like quickly turned around, like, oh, someone, someone's just selling this bar type. We can't, you can't get hold of them. So that is a heavy level of investment. But if this is your sport or sports, and these are things you want to do, um, 
like at the stones, like they do require a lot of technique, but there might be a local gym that's got them in. Um, like we've got a few around here where you can go to sort of once a week. It's not your gym, you primarily train from home. You can go and you can put the, th- the things in there yeah. um, that you can't have in the house. So it's it's just looking at how much money you're willing to spend, the space that you've got available. Um, but definitely from that um, perspective, like Strongman's quite a versatile sport in terms of you just need heavy the heavy things, the awkward heavy things and the space. Um, like big tires, there's always farmers shifting them. Um, like you can normally them get them for free if you yeah. speak to them because they're literally, they're, they're trying to get rid of them because they have to then pay to have them like taken away. So if you're offering to bring a guy in a transit van to take this massive tire away, it's probably going to be like, yeah, go and take it. It, it just depends, um, again, like what level you're competing at in terms of like the weights for strongman, whether you want it's worth getting a couple of stones and keeping them because if you've got the space, you can just whack them under. Like I've got a, a decent um, loadable, uh, adjustable platform. I know Elliot had just got one. Like they're not too expensive. Um, sandbags as well. Like we've got different people recommended, like Les, Superior Strongman, loadable ones. There's loads of things that aren't that expensive because you're just whacking sand in them. Um, farmer's handles, again, not that expensive. So it's more like the powerlifting speciality kit that does come with the additional expense. Um, Having a yoke is, you know, like, I've actually seen quite a few, they're not up north, because I've complained about this, um, a few that are, like, going for, like, 100 quid or so. Like, they're easy enough to even just take down the door. So, again, like, from, like I said, strongman stuff, other than the stones, like, they're not that expensive to have in, like, space-wise they're not too bad but again it would just be the investment in the powerlifting side of things yeah. um, and then just managing your training because you need to look at when your comps are and how your training structured to allow you to um progress with the powerlifting side but not to the detriment of your strongman and vice versa like if you're not competing strongman use those events and the event purpose is you're more conditioning based in your yeah. accessories and stick to your um your like your three big lips for your um powerlifting as like the the bread and butter of your training yeah so yeah i yeah. completely agree like there is plenty of high level powerlifters that train from home just because it's the big three squat bench deadlift it's very very easy you need to obviously you can invest in speciality bars and things like that and those can get quite expensive and if it is your sport you probably will further down the line end up buying the more expensive bars that can handle the loads that you're going to be able to do. Probably going to have to invest a little bit more in getting like better quality flooring. So I remember Adam Bishop, who was on last week, was saying like he's got 20 mil flooring because he deadlifts in the same place. So he doesn't want to crack the concrete underneath it. And he's deadlifted like over 400 kilos. So you can understand why he needs 20 mil uh, flooring whereas like your average person who's deadlifted 100 you could probably get away with 10 15 mil um i think powerlifting probably lends itself to home training more than bodybuilding just because you don't need the variety in terms of like the amount of like accessories and stuff like you can get away with just kind of having a bar you don't even really need dumbbells you could do a lot of your work just kind of with a barbell and a rack in terms of strongman, just like Rachel said, it all depends on like how much space you've got, how much money you can invest. Because um, as you said, like with strongman, you need space. Like there's no point in having a yoke, but it's in a single garage. Like because where are you going to walk? With and, like a narrow street with cars parked up. Yeah. Um, so what I would say is if it's if you've got a good local gym that has strongman kit, like invest in your powerlifting kit to have at home and then just like find out what a day pass is if you if you would do a day pass and a day pass is like five pounds you do that once a week that's what 20 quid a month like that's worth the investment to be able to use all their strongman kit whereas you then have to pay out x amount for a log x amount for a set of atlas stones like you're soon going to rack up a decent amount of kit bill when right you might only use those things like once a month away i don't really know how often you do each particular implement um but you'll find there's more and more especially smaller gyms that are 
like specializing in powerlifting, strongman sort of stuff, because that makes them unique in that area. And they will attract those sort of people that are just wanting to come in just to use that particular piece. Like, like me. Yeah. Yeah. Like you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So big plug. So for those that can't see, there's a massive inner strength NE like sign right behind Rachel. Like I did notice that. Like, yeah. <laughs> so if you guys are based in the Northeast, then definitely um, get over there and see Rachel. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to have to call it a day soon. The missus is just. Same. Um, but yes, any questions that have kind of appeared in the box that we've missed out this week, we will make sure we get to them. As I said, we're probably doing that question box. So it runs over a month. Uh, it's been great to have you on today, Rach. So where can the guys find you if they need to? Um, I always forget this, don't I? <laughs> on Instagram, I am rs underscore strength underscore coach. My gym is inner underscore strength underscore ne. Um, I'm in the home gym group as well. I'm, I think I'm, I'm just normal on Facebook. Don't really do that much on there, to be honest. Just kick about sharing random memes. Um, but yeah, like I, I put a post up in the group this week. Like if anybody is local to the Northeast and like they do want to do, like we've just talked about like a local gym that's got um, like strongman specialty kit in or things that they don't have in their home gym and they do want to use for sessions. Like because of the way I'm having to reopen some other gyms are as well, like, um, it's like a more of like a casual membership based or kind of pay as you train type setup. Like you said, like we, for all we'd love to think that people are going to stay at home, home gyms, this, that, another. You know what? Like I miss the gym. Like I know I'm in the gym, but like this is everything. But it's it's a different environment. And I, like I, I really can't wait to go back and just be around the group of people who are just there like loving life like it, it was like it literally like learn like starting to lift li change who I am as a person change my life in so many more ways where like I have a sense of value and purpose in myself instead of being a teacher miss me that's all I did that's all I was known for and I was literally ground level because I existed to provide for people and that was kind of it and if I didn't I couldn't go to bed I couldn't do this like lifting complete change I mean being in a gym gives me that back as well if you feed off people and it's it's just a completely different space to anywhere you'll ever ever be in terms of the people in there are wanting to better themselves right there and right then and they're heavily invested in what they're doing for whatever reason and I don't think you'd be around a more passionate group of people even though they are there for themselves and they're doing their own thing like just to see people kind of striving for something better that many, like, I just think like, imagine if I'd never found lifting, like mm. I, I honestly can't because you never then know what you're capable of in other aspects of your life. 100%. Yeah. So that's me off on a tangent again, <laughs> just having a bit yeah, of a buzz. I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about like how bodybuilding or just weight lifting is a really, really good, um, teacher of life skills because it teaches you delay gratification teaches you that failure isn't bad it's actually quite good and that we grow through our failures and it teaches you like discipline like any like you can't be a bodybuilder without discipline your meals have to be at a certain time you have to train a certain amount you have to be very very careful about the things you kind of put inside your body like if you the successful bodybuilders are the ones that take those principles and then they can apply it to other areas of their life, like business and like family and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think that's a great thing to leave on there. So, yeah, weightlifting, great analogy for life. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to find me, I am across at DGPT on both Instagram and Facebook. And, yeah, it's been great to chat to you tonight. Doesn't look like Dan made it. Um, but we will probably catch up with him again next week. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening, Rachel. You too. Cheers, Don. Bye for now. Bye.